Stop working. 
Today, we're continuing our Out of Line series. We're continuing our, our Beatitudes. We're on the third one today. And it's actually so crazy when we look at the Beatitudes. They're, they're actually like so out of line of what culture actually tells us and how we should act and how we should be. You and me, like we find ourselves in this mold of culture, this mold of like what culture looks like. And, and it just puts like just... Uh, an action of like how we should act each and every day. And, and it's so easy for us to actually fall into that culture and to like fall in tune with culture it is telling us. It's so easy. It's so easy. And we actually do it without even noticing. We fall into this culture and we fall into these, these day-to-day grinds of everything. And it's just what culture says that we should do. It's exactly what culture says that we should do. But Jesus, by saying the Beatitudes statements, is telling us to actually step out of the norm. Step out of the norm of what culture is telling us to do every day and step into the, a new reality. He's actually saying like, hey, uh, 2,000 years ago, I, I gave you these statements and, and they're actually still new for you today. He said, yeah, I gave you these statements and they're so out of culture, but he's actually calling us today to step into that, that new reality. Walking in that new reality that Jesus is telling us through his beatitude is part of the plan. It's all, it's all part of his plan and, and how we're supposed to go against culture and really dive into what it looks like to stay true to him. But what does stepping into a new reality actually mean? Like if we're, if we're supposed to take on, on this newness, if we're supposed to step into these things that Jesus said 2,000 years ago that is so against culture and is still actually new for us today because we've actually been ignoring it, which is crazy. It's, it's nuts that we've been ignoring it for so long. How do we step into this new reality? How do we make it a new reality for us today? Because newness is scary. For myself, I, I, I am often terrified of new things. This a couple weeks ago, Allison and I actually went on a hike. It was a new hike that we had never gone. And it was actually a trail that, that we went up 
that um, isn't very well traveled. So we were, we were, we were camping a couple of weeks ago. We decide we're going to Mount Roar. Mount Roar is over near Pemberton. And we're just like, we're doing this. It's a day trip. We're, we're making it happen. We're going to go up in the day, back down. Going to be awesome. So we're going, we got our map. The trail is super like well marked on its way up and we're going and we're going and we're going and things are awesome. Like we're climbing boulders on the way up. It's like one of the coolest things that I've ever done. And then we get like halfway up and then all of a sudden the markers disappear. All of a sudden the markers marking the trail, they like disappear and I'm just like, where do we even go? How do we even do this? We take like, we go like five more minutes and the map that we had on our phone wasn't downloaded and it like reloaded and we lost our map. So we're like, we're there, we're halfway up this mountain. It's up like, like we're up, like we're in elevation. Like we're, we are feeling good. We're above everything. But then all of a sudden we had no idea where to go. We're like stepping into new territory. We're like trying to like take new ground. We're like finding new trails that we like got to go through and up and over. And I'm like climbing up these boulders and then I get up these boulders. I'm like, no, Allison, go back, go back. This isn't the way we got to find a new way. And like doing new things is actually like super challenging sometimes. It actually takes way more time to do new things sometimes than just following the status quo and the trail that everybody else has made. Now, our intention was to follow the trail that everybody else has made, but we were kind of forced to step into something new that day because we lost track of where the trail was. Our map was gone. We just like lost it. We ended up getting to the top of a mountain or pretty much to the top of the mountain. The snow kept us from getting to the very top, but it actually wasn't even the right mountain that we were supposed to be the top of. We thought we were going in the right direction and we're like, yeah, that's the one, that's the peak we got to go to. But we created our own path and went up this own little trail just to have our own little like viewpoint. What I'm saying is like taking new ground, it's uncomfortable for us. Doing new things, stepping into a new reality is actually super uncomfortable. Going against culture and doing something new is never actually easy. It's never actually easy. Jesus wants us to go off the path that everyone else takes, but he's created a map for us that he wants to direct us by. We lost our map that day, but Jesus has actually got a map. He's actually given us these beatitudes, these words of truth that we can follow that are actually gonna change the trajectory of of our life. The statement that we're looking at this morning that Jesus wants to like really, us to like really grab a hold of is Matthew 5, 5. And it's blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. This isn't a new statement. Like I said earlier, it's from 2000 years ago. Jesus like proclaims it like to, to the people and said like, hey, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Like that is a big statement. Massive statement. And this becomes, if this becomes everyone's reality, and what I want you to like grab today, if this becomes everyone's reality, then it'll actually change everything. If we step into this newness today and what it means to be meek, it'll actually change everything. If we want to align ourselves with the new realities that God has for us, we need to first understand that meek doesn't mean weak. Meek doesn't mean weeks. And some translations actually translate the word meek as gentle. And I don't know about you, but just me, 
when I was growing up and, and aspiring to be the awesome, an awesome person and all that, um, I didn't aspire to be gentle. I aspired to be, you know, strong and courageous. That's what like everybody said. And, and like the word gentle and meek is, it almost has a negative like personification about it. We look at the word meek and we're just like, oh, like the words that are tied to that. When you like ask people and you look and what people actually think of like the word gentle and meek is, the, is they think of weak. They think of coward, timid, peacemakers, someone that's indecisive, a lack of confidence, shyness. They're withdrawn, nice, introverted. It's this, these, these, these stereotypes that we've actually like put on this like meek quality that are like so untrue that we're just like, we see that word gentleness that's associated to it. And we're just like, ah, no, not for me. I don't want to be gentle. How am I supposed to be gentle in this world? But that's where Jesus actually wants us to step into that new reality, that new reality that he's talking about, that newness. And he wants us to walk in that because it's a game changer. It's not what the rest of the world is doing. And he knows that it'll actually make a difference. If meek actually isn't weak, then what is it? Like I said, it's gentle. It's being humble. It's having self-control. It's actually the perfect balance between excessive anger and no anger at all. The one who is meek is able to balance themselves so that their anger never gets the best of them. See, the Bible actually says that anger is fine, but it's actually how we deal with our anger that is the, that is the game changer. It's actually a quality of taking on meekness that allows us to deal with our anger in actually the appropriate ways. The me person is strong, but gentle, mild, but in control. There's actually a perfect balance of somebody that's actually meek. Now, if, if we want to get like the full picture like right now we're figuring like, what does it fully mean to be meek? Like if, if, if blessed are those who are meek and they will inherit the earth, then like how do we fully grasp what it is to be meek? Because that's just like a bunch of definitions, a bunch of words and all of that. But first we have to look at the meek one himself. The meek one himself who is Jesus. Matthew eleven twenty nine says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. Jesus, he called himself meek and gentle. And as that perfect example of meekness, of gentleness, Jesus gives us an incredible picture of what that looks like. First way that he showed it, he actually showed it in two ways. First way is, is that he practiced neither retaliation or, nor vic, vic, uh, vindictiveness. When he was mocked and spat on, he answered nothing. He let it happen because he knew what he was on this earth to accomplish. When he was confronted by Pilate, he kept silent. When his friends betrayed him, he uttered no reproach. When Peter denied him, he restored him back to the position that he appointed him into. When Judas came and kissed him in Gethsemane, Jesus called him friend. And the crazy thing is Jesus didn't just call him friend, but he meant it. He meant it. And all this, Jesus, meek and mild, was in control. He radiated power. 
Even though he, he, you might see these as being like passive or timid and gentle, he radiated power because what he was doing was actually accomplished the greater goal that he was coming to do. Second way he showed it was when it came to matters of faith and the welfare of others, Jesus was assertive. He rebuked the Pharisees' hardness of heart when he healed the man's withered hand on the Sabbath. He was angered when his disciples tried to prevent the children from coming to see him. Jesus addressed the taxpayers and the merchants in the temple by getting angry, flipping tables, all of that. It wasn't out of, out of anger or, or all of that, but it was, it, he allowed his meekness to come to the forefront of things because he knew that if he was meek, that his anger would come out at the right times, they would address the things that need to be addressed, but then hold off on the things that need to be held off on. It's not always about taking things and putting them on God and being the nice and bigger person. It's about being the best possible example of your faith, even when people come against you. It's about standing up for the people around you. This all comes from Jesus. He stood up for the people around him, but he also just like backed off sometimes. He didn't come down hard on people when they came against him all the time. He actually chose the perfect moments, not out of anger and not out of spite or not out of retaliation, but so that he can actually lead people closer to him. When we really dive into what it truly means to be meek, we see that it's not a weakness at all. We see that it involves us identifying when we are out of line and choosing to walk in the new reality that Jesus desires us to walk in. So how do we obtain this quality? If, if we figured out like this meek, we have more of an idea of what it means to be meek, what it means to be gentle, how it's this balance, how it's having power, but gentleness, how it's having no anger and anger, but how to like properly deal with that. If that's what it means, it's, it's finding these balances between things. Then how do we actually obtain this? And the place that we can actually look to like figure this out is Psalm 37. And it's actually where Jesus pulls this beatitude from. Psalm 37 verse 11 says, but the meek shall inherit the earth. And to give you some context on this, David in Psalm 37 really gives us just like the framework. The Israelites were the ones that the psalm was written to. They were in the land. They were staying in the land, but the land they weren't fully able to enjoy because of their sinful nature, because they chose evil rather than following after, following after God. And David just is telling them like, hey, like you're going to be like, like, like those that are meek, you're going to be able to inherit the earth. You're going to be able to inherit this land if you just follow God. Because the very first of this Psalm 37, the very beginning of Psalm 37, David actually addresses the importance that you need to trust in God. He leads that Psalm off and being like, hey, yo, all of you, people that are messing up, all you people that are filling your homes with evil, all of you that are so focused on doing what is wrong, 
all the things that are out of line, all of you that are focused on that, like you need to check yourself and you need to begin to trust in God. You need to begin to trust in him because that's where it all starts. It starts with trust. And that's what the Psalm is telling us, that if we wanna obtain the quality, this quality of meekness, we actually need to trust in God. It starts there. Meekness isn't just a quality we have, it's a quality that is obtained when we pursue after Jesus. It's obtained when we choose to trust in his ways rather than the world's ways. Because Jesus lays it out quite simply. The world's ways are out of line. It's not, it's not the way that he intends for us to live. And so we need to choose to trust in the ways rather than the world's. It's not a born with quality, but a quality that is directly associated with the closeness and trust with God. Jesus gives us meekness and that quality gives us the ability to completely go against the grain of culture and the world that we live in. We don't get that ability to control our anger perfectly or say the right things without that trust, without giving God room in our heart, trusting in him. And the more that we do that, the more he just begins to give us this quality of meekness, of gentleness. It's like a self-control. It's having power, but gentle and knowing when to exude that power. If we wanna walk in a new reality, a way that is countercultural, a way that isn't out of line. It's all about trusting in Jesus and connecting yourself to him. His Holy Spirit will give you this quality more and more. More and more, you, you'll become more meek. Jesus was the perfect meek one. And it's sometimes it's like, oh, I just wanna be on Jesus' level, but we're never gonna be on his level. But if we day after day continue to trust more and more in God, then he is just gonna continue to give us more and more of this quality which is gonna allow to us to live our lives, to live in this new reality that Jesus desires for us. We need to step out of the old way that the world does things. And we need to actually step into the new reality that Jesus actually put in place 2000 years ago that we ignored, which is crazy. 2000 years, it's crazy. If you want, if you wanna walk in that new reality, it's all about that trust. So what does this mean for you? What does it mean for you to begin to walk in meekness? What does this look like in your own life? Well, it means when you're driving down the highway and somebody caught you off, it's not actually retaliating, going back and cutting them off. It's when somebody wrongs you, you don't retaliate. It's just like, oh, they talked behind my back. I'm going to talk behind their back. No. Meekness gives us the self-control and the confidence in ourselves to be okay with, with who we are. And that when somebody attacks our character, yes, it hurts. But we can put that on the shoulders of God and know that we don't have to retaliate to feel better because we know that actually never actually helps. When culture says, do whatever you have to get ahead, you choose, you choose to be a better person. Our culture today is all me first. Do whatever you can to make the most money you can. If you need to be shrewd in your workplace, be shrewd. If you need to lie to get ahead, if you need to steal to get ahead, if you need to cheat to get ahead, culture says do whatever you can to be the best person out there. But they got it wrong. Jesus is saying that's out of line. 
It's all about stop focusing on ourselves and start focusing on how us as people can better the people around us. Meekness is all about that self-control and allowing that to affect our situations. It's a quality given to us by God that helps us do things in a new way, opposite of culture. And in walking in that quality of being so controlled and balanced and gentle, but powerful, we will see God work through all for his good. Secondly, if we want to align ourselves with the new realities that God has for us, we need to understand. First thing we need to understand is that meek isn't weak. The second thing that we need to understand is that meek is what actually will speak. Being meek is what speaks. It's it's a simple concept. What I mean by this is is that being meek doesn't go unnoticed, but it's actually heard. It doesn't involve your speech or you yelling from your rooftop, but it's actually through your actions. And I know you've all heard this like crazy concept of actions speak louder than words. I know I have and I've learned it. And sometimes I choose words and and, and I make that mistake. and, 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 And you know, it happens to me. But our actions speak so much louder than our words. And that's, that's what meekness does for us. That's what being more meek, it, it actually it allows us to speak even greater. It allows our words to even be far greater. There are two people in the Bible that were actually called meek. Two people in the Bible. The first one we've already talked about is Jesus, the perfect meek one. The second one that was called meek is actually Moses. In Numbers 12, verse three, it says, now the man Moses was very meek. Moses was a man that was like so close with God. We talked about how you obtain this meekness, how we obtain this this gentleness that Jesus is telling us to strive for. Moses was so close to God. His trust with God was like so incredible. Moses also had a few things that, that also held him back. So like meek is what will speak, but, but Moses himself actually couldn't speak that well. Moses had a speech impediment and his speech actually held him back. But I believe that it was his meekness that actually like propelled him forward into everything that God had planned for him. It's super easy to think the best way that we can speak is through words But in Moses' example, it's through his actions that spoke so loud. An example of this, uh, of Moses, that we can actually take and apply to our own lives because it actually fits so like seamlessly into our lives and it's so practical for what we go through every day. It's the example of Miriam and Aaron, his brother and sister. Moses, his family, people that he was close to, people that he trusted in himself got jealous. They didn't like his wife. He didn't, they didn't like the woman that he married. They didn't like the fact that God spoke to him and spoke to him alone. So they shamed him and his wife in front of all the people. In front of all the people, they shamed them. And that act in that culture is like one of the worst things that could have happened to Moses. It's actually one of the worst things that could have happened. 
But what did Moses choose to do? Moses didn't say anything. In those moments of hurt and pain and like, really Aaron, really Miriam, I thought, I thought you were my people. I thought, I, thought, I thought you had my back. I thought you were with me. And you're saying all this stuff to the people publicly to try to get them to hate me. Instead of him lashing out and finding all the wrong things that they had going on in their lives. Instead of doing that, Moses just chose being like, yo, it's fine. You can say what you want but I know that God has called me to this. I know that God has called me to far greater things and I don't need to feel a little bit better about myself by putting somebody else down. I'm gonna choose Jesus. I'm gonna choose God, you. And I'm gonna choose to do it your way. And that spoke so, so loudly. So loudly. Because that actually propelled him and his leadership forward. Because I believe our actions, not the words we speak, is what make us better leaders. Is what actually makes us better people to follow. It's, it's, it's not the incredible words that, that come from a stage or a platform, but it's actually the way that we live our lives that people actually begin to respect you and, and, and approve your character and, and trust you. It's not by the things you say, but, it's, but it's, it's how Moses actually carried himself that propelled him forward. It's because he chose in moments like that when people heard him to not retaliate, to choose meekness and allowed that to speak. It's moments like that that speak so loud. It's moments like that that we need to evaluate our own hearts. Because I know family stuff comes up. I know friendship stuff comes up. I know, I know being around people is sometimes hard. I know being around people is sometimes really hurtful. I know that sometimes we go through things and people make us feel things that we're like, they should feel this way too. And that's what, the, that's what our culture, that's what our world is actually saying that we should do saying stick up for yourself. Don't let somebody stomp over you and kick you down. Kick them back, stand up for yourself. That's what the world, but what Jesus is telling us, what we learn through Moses is that it's not, it's not all about us. It's not all about making us maybe feel better in the moment, but not actually. It's about focusing on the, on the bigger picture and what being that better person is actually going to do to propel the kingdom of God forward. To propel the plan that God has in sending Jesus to this earth to restore all things. We're actually a part of that plan. We're actually, you and me, we're a part of that plan to help Jesus restore things back to him. And if we don't actually choose to, to trust in God, if we don't actually choose that ourselves and we don't take on this characteristic, this quality of, of meekness, the more and more that we trust in him, then it's actually gonna hinder the way that we're able to see people reconciled back to God. Because culture isn't what brings people back to God. It's the ways of Jesus. Jesus is saying in his Beatitudes, the ways of the world, culture, it's out of line. 
but step into my, my new reality. Step into the new reality that I have for you that I want you to walk in. Step into it today. If we want to align ourselves with the new realities that God has for us, we need to understand the third thing is that meek, yeah, it speaks. It's the second thing. But meek will actually better your weak is the third thing. Meek will actually better your weak. And Jesus says that the meek will inherit the earth. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a pretty big statement. Like those that are meek, I'm just like, what? Inherit the earth? Say what? Like, are you serious? Like, 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 like that's all it takes? Like, I just got to be meek and, and, and I get to inherit something incredible? And, 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 and it's so, we're talking about this so much, it's so countercultural, that statement of like the meek, like the gentle, the humble person is going to inherit the earth Because in history, land was often gained by wrath and anger and violence and theft and violent takeovers and brutal takings of property. But now all of a sudden, Jesus is giving us this whole new reality of of like, yo, if you want to inherit the earth, you don't need all that, that stuff from history. You don't need any of that. You just need to, to trust in me. And allow, my, and allow meekness just to flow in and through and out of you to be handle every situation. See, by the words of Jesus, being word, being meek has a great inheritance in store. The question that lies, are you striving to be meek? Do you want that incredible inheritance? Because being meek has a pretty great deal attached to it. The promise that Jesus makes in saying that meek will inherit the earth is one that we need to live by. Jesus, the meek one, will inherit the earth because he is the creator of of the earth and the owner of the earth, always has, always will. Psalm 24, one tells us that the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. The world and those who dwell in it. So those who belong to Jesus Bible tells us those who belong to Jesus, trust in him, takes on these qualities of meekness, will inherit the earth because we are the sons and daughters of Jesus. It starts with trust. We obtain that meekness. We grow in that meekness and we get to enjoy that incredible inheritance that Jesus has promised the meek are blessed because they will, be God, they will be with God enjoying their inheritance of the new earth that he is returning one day to restore. That inheritance that you get to enjoy with God, it lasts for eternity. I don't know about you, but I want that inheritance. I don't know about you, but I want to enjoy the earth that, that Jesus is coming back to restore. Because Jesus tells us here, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. He blesses those that are meek. The other thing that we can also look to with this that that we're gonna like finish on today, that it's actually not all about our eternity. It's actually not all about our eternity. The, the inheritance that we receive as Christ's sons and daughter is a pretty big deal, but God actually wants us to enjoy earth right now. 
Like him saying that, blessed are those who are meek for they will inherit the earth. He actually wants you to enjoy that inheritance right now. It's not just for when he comes back to restore all things. Because the people that enjoy the earth aren't the ones that are go, go, go. And all they can think about is getting ahead and how they can do this and how they can do that and how they can buy that and how they can get a better job and how they can make more money. Those aren't the people that enjoy the earth that around them. Those who live delighting in God and delighting in God's great plans are free to enjoy the earth and live in their new reality right now. Right now. God wants us to enjoy this incredible earth that he has given us as an inheritance. He wants us to enjoy it right now. Meek isn't doing whatever you can to get ahead. It's enjoying what's around you and being attentive to the new things that God wants to do in you and through you. That's what being meek is. This statement is so large because Jesus is actually calling us to greatness. He's calling us out of the norm, out of the every day-to-day life of just doing whatever we can just to get by or to get ahead. He's calling out of that. He's asking us, hey, step into something new. Step into something new because I I got something that's gonna flip the world upside down. I know I said it 2,000 years ago, but it's gonna flip the world upside down. I just need some people to trust in me and allow me to flow in and through them. If we wanna align ourselves with the new realities, we need to understand that meek doesn't mean weak. That is, that is what will make us speak and meek will actually better your weak. I want you to challenge God. I want to challenge you to ask God today, tomorrow, this week. I want you to ask him for that quality in your life. If you, if you sit in your, in your home today, wherever you are, and you're just like, you know, I trust in God. I, I follow him. I want him. I, 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 I do want to, I, I, I want to be more meek. I want this quality to infiltrate my life more. I want to step into this new reality that Jesus actually desires us to live in. If you're at home in that place today, I want to encourage you to ask God just to begin to like give you more meekness. Because I believe that when we ask God, he hears our prayers and when we're prepared and we're ready, he actually gives it to us. So I want to encourage you to ask for it. Ask him today. If you're just like, oh, wow, this is like really great. Like, this is awesome. I, I, I don't know if I'm ready to step into the new, like, I don't know if I'm ready to take some of this new guy. Oh, people are going to look at me differently and be like, oh, why aren't they responding? I just want to challenge you to think about it. I just want to challenge you to think like, hey, is this for me? God, do you want this for me? And I want to challenge you to let that stir in your heart and to see what God wants to do with it. Our world needs a bunch of meek people in it because there's a new reality that Jesus challenged us to walk in. We just need to say no to culture and yes to Jesus. No to culture, yes to Jesus. 
Wow, so fun to so hear from so fun. many different voices. You know, like throughout this whole series, we're gonna hear from a variety of pastors yeah. on our team. And it's just such a cool opportunity to get to know people a little bit better. I mean, obviously I know Danny quite well. I mean, I know him a little bit too, but there's nobody else who can get you fired up about the simplest things than it's Danny. True. When he's got, especially when he's got his like, like passion voice on, voice? I'm yeah. like, I'm there. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so totally. good. Totally. Listen, we have so many exciting things going on in our church. One of them coming up is baptisms. Yay! We have those coming up. They're going to be airing on August 30th. We are so beyond excited. If you've been around APA pre-COVID, you'll know baptisms are a big yeah. Can I practice right now? Uh, oh, okay. yeah, sure. <laughs> Do we have thunder sticks? We should. <laughs> so listen, we want to make sure that despite this world pandemic that is going on, that you still have the opportunity to take the steps that you need to take in order to grow in your faith. And so if you are out there tuning in and you say, listen, I believe in Jesus. I want to follow him for the rest of my life, but you've never been baptized. That is your next step. So let us help you take yeah. that step. We've done everything to make sure that everything is COVID safe. No one has to be put in an uncomfortable position. Um, they are going to look a little bit different though. Yeah. So but what it's a great be fun. way to get your baptism captured on video that you right. can like go back and watch again and again. Right. And you can invite any friends to because it's going to be posted totally. for everyone to experience. So sometimes people People ask like am I ready to be baptized is this like the right time for me but listen the only requirement for you to be baptized is if you believe in Jesus and you want to let the world know like hey I'm choosing to follow him I'm choosing to give my life to follow Jesus that's the only prerequisite it doesn't matter if you feel like you mess up in a lot of areas you're not holy or good enough or whatever that doesn't matter that part comes later on as we like continue that process of growth but if you're someone who believes in Jesus get baptized you yeah. won't regret it totally so all the information that you need is going to be posted in the chat there. So click the button, head on over to our signups page. Just make sure because we're filming things, we do have to sign up in advance. So do yeah. that before August 15th so that we can get you baptized. Listen, I know this season is all about watching things online, but we're challenging you to engage. Do something to take another step in your walk with God. Yeah, a lot of you have also been asking, like, what's happening? When's the church going to open up again? What are we What are we waiting for here? Are we allowed to gather? Are we not allowed to gather? And so we are going to give you a little bit more of a comprehensive update in the coming weeks. But for now, I just want to tell you that we are working on a plan to have smaller group gatherings, to have socials getting together in small groups in person, not just online. So, so you will oh be able to get together with your friends, to be able to rub shoulders in community mm -hmm. and be able to grow together. That's such an important part of who we are is being able to gather and share in our faith and in life and all of those things together. So stay tuned for a bit more of an update about that. Unfortunately, we are not going to be able to do large gatherings still for a number of months, it looks like, but we do have a plan moving forward to make sure that we can still continue to be the church and move forward God's mission here in Abbotsford. So yeah. Exciting things. I'm so excited. I honestly believe the best is yet to come. I know yes. we say that all the time and it can sound like a cliche, but I believe it for this place and I it believe is. it for all those smaller gatherings yeah. that are going to take place. Like God is going to do something really incredible through this church it's in true. this season. I yeah. really believe God's awakening something like in people's hearts right now to show us that like, okay, it looks a little bit different than it's yeah. ever looked before, but we're doing it. So yeah. we're thanks, doing it. Thanks so much for making it a priority to join in today. Like being a part of gatherings like this really does help feed your soul as you move forward. And so good job on making it a priority yeah. to be here today and to move forward in your own faith and learning about Jesus. Mm -hmm. We love you guys so much. We hope you have a phenomenal day. Yay. Bye.